she tried to tell him that she was that they overdosed her on an epidural and she almost died during her c-section to have him <laughs> I, I don't mean to I, laugh i don't mean to laugh but, no, I, just... but I mean like it, it is laughable because it's not true you're listening to the nacho kids podcast where we discuss all things step family related real stories real people real help Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 169 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. That's right. And if you like this podcast episode, be sure to share it and leave us a review. We definitely appreciate it. A good review would be greatly appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, not just any review. (laughs) All right, David. So anything going on? Anything going on in your world? Um, let's see. This month? Nothing I can think of. <laughs> what is it? What month is it? We're in August? Yes, we're in August. So my, my oldest son just had a birthday. He just turned 24. Yep. Woo! So, Avery. If you listen to this, you old, man. You old. <laughs> yeah. Makes me feel old for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're kind of wrapping it up for August stuff. Then we got, mm, I don't think we got anything in September. Yes, we do. What we got in September? The Step Family Summit with Claudette Chenevere. Oh, I thought we were doing personal stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't nobody care about that. <laughs> All right, then. We got that going on. Yes. Yep. And then we got the October crazy season. And then we have the October Stepmom Collective event that we will we, be sharing more information on. Yeah. And you and I will be married how many years in October? 738. Uh, yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I need to go color my hair. <laughs> no, we will be married 13 years this year, David. Congratulations. You outlasted the first one. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I've got uh, I've got mixed feelings. I thought that was your goal. My goals have nothing to do with her. <laughs> ever. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. You won. <laughs> <laughs> And what prize do I get, David Sims? I can't tell you on air. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks. This lady is a stepmom from Colorado. I will add a disclaimer. There are a few adult language words (laughs) in here. Uh, We think we remove them all or beep them out, but if not, Oops, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's been blending six years. Stepson eight, ours daughter two. Hardest thing about the blend? Bio mom. Amazing. Advice. Nacho. (laughs) (laughs) I just for once want somebody to say the, the high conflict bio dad was the problem. I know they're out there. Man. Do you want to interview me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. (laughs) Or maybe we should interview your ex. (laughs) I'm I'm starting to think you're like Tigger. You're the only one. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> Something unique about their blend. They fought for two years for custody of stepson, received it, and gave it back. What? Yes. I'm not going into details. That's why you got to listen to the podcast. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something else that's unique is her husband had custody of Bio Mom's other two kids because he had been in their life for 10 years and the only dad they knew. Hmm. However, after about eight months, the kids didn't want to come anymore. Hmm. Yep. I mean, we often tell people, yeah, you might think, you know, these kids are yours, but you let a divorce happen. And you start to find out that the kids that somebody else had aren't yours. Well, and I think with them, it was just they didn't want to come anymore. They got tired of being torn between two homes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always hard on the kids. And that's one of the things few people put a lot of thought into is how is it how does it play out with the kids? I know even with me choosing some of the custody schedules. My initial thoughts was, well, you know, what do I want? And, you know, I want to spend more time with them, and I don't want to be away from them more than so many days, even though they were bouncing all over the place like a rubber ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't I didn't really want to go week on, week off. Um, I'd rather have the 50-50 be like two days here, two days there, three days here, two days there. But after I, you know, sat down and really thought about it, I was like, this is terrible, bouncing them around this much. Yes. So I, I changed my mind, and, I, it, and it did work out for us better. When I say us, I mean the kids specifically. They they finally felt like they could actually get settled in somewhere instead of living out of a duffel bag. Yep. All right, David. So tell people about the Nacho Kids Academy before we get into this interview. All right. And I also got a review because, you know, we're trying to do read some reviews and stuff, so... But first off, the Nacho Kids Academy can be found at nachokidsacademy.com. And there you will get the individualized attention that comes with being a member and going through the courses and the challenges and participating in the forums and everything else that's there. It's, it's just your way, not your way, <laughs> it's a member's way of getting what they need to reduce their stress and improve their blend. Because let's face it, no matter how much information we put out there on the podcast and blog posts and everywhere else, sometimes it helps just to have some more attention and direction that's specific to your blend. Exactly. And to that end, not that this is a person from the Academy, but a review was left and it's from Sneaky Mondo. I like Sneaky Mondo's name. (laughs) And Sneaky Mondo, this is uh, titled, Wow, Helping Me So Much. And she writes, so here it is. I'm not even married to my boyfriend, but we are a blended family. He has a nine-year-old son. We have been together 10 months. And once the honeymoon period wore off, I was at my wits end. Each, Each week, I was doubting myself if I could continue this relationship. I started seeing a blended family counselor, and that's going great. I stumbled upon your podcast accidentally, and wow, just wow. I have felt so much better to know others are thinking what I have been thinking. I have also taken a step back and relieved some of the pressure I was putting on myself. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Sticky Mondo. For leaving us a review. Yes. Thank you very much. And I am very happy you found us and it is helping in your blend. Yes. Yes. Okay, David, let's get to listening. Let's do it. Today we have Stepmom from Colorado. Hey, Stepmom from Colorado. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? I met my husband in 2016, and we got married in 2018, so six-ish years. Okay. And how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids? So I have one stepson currently. He's eight. And then we have an hours daughter who's two. But when I first met my husband, he actually had, in Colorado, it's called psychological custody. So he had psychological custody of his ex-wife, two children from two previous relationships because he was the only dad that they had ever known. He'd been in their life for 10 years each and they were 10 and 12 at the time. So we had three kids, only one that was my husband's when I first met him. And then that lasted for about eight months and the mom, bio mom, was like not happy with the fact that I had relationships with these children. She was very upset about the fact that her now ex-husband and his new wife had custodial and decision-making over her two kids. So she kind of went off the deep end um, and started using them to try to hurt us. She at one point had them stage that they had found cocaine in our washing machine. Oh, wow. Called the cops. Yeah. And all <laughs> kinds of things. Um, it was really crazy. So my husband. You found cocaine in your washing machine or she said you did? She No, she had her children tell us, her and the police, that they had found cocaine in our washing machine. Wow. If you know anything about anything about cocaine, it's a powder, but so you would never find it in a washing machine. <laughs> Right. If anything, you've got leftover residue from the laundry detergent. Right. Yeah. So it was like really insensible, but it was just a constant barrage of attacks on us. And I worked in law at the time. So it was like beginning to threaten my career and stuff like that. And it got to the point where my husband eventually was like, do you guys even want to live here? And they told him no. So he gave up his psychological rights to the other two boys. At the beginning. Did he fight for those rights in the beginning or are they kind of just given? He fought for them. Okay. Yeah. So when they actually filed for divorce, they had been in the process of my husband adopting the other two boys to make him like legally their dad. I mean, he, and obviously like when he filed for divorce, he caught by a mom cheating and he filed for divorce after that and he withdrew the adoption but he was able to use that like kind of to his benefit like a month ago you thought that I was a fit father so why am Mm -hmm. I not now kind of thing right but yeah it was just it was just entirely too tumultuous I tell my husband all the time that his ex-wife is the most dangerous person on the entire planet because she will use her children as weapons to hurt other people right But yeah, so we don't have them anymore. Now we just have my stepson. And when we were first together, we saw him. They did week on, week off with Tuesday and Thursday dinners for the non-custodial parents. Mm -hmm. So 
it was a lot back and forth. I mean, like basically every other day we had to see her. And then my husband ended up getting a job offer right before we got married. So at the end of 2017, and we had to move six hours away from where his son was. And when we moved, we got permission from the court. Bio mom petitioned the court for permission to move at the same time. We're all in, in Colorado. So we were moving to a different part of Colorado. She was moving. She wanted to move. She said to Florida. She was granted. We were granted. Everyone could move. She ended up not moving to Florida. She moved to Georgia. And we were not able to contact her or see my stepson for over a year. So when we got married, we had no idea where my husband's son was. We had no idea what he was doing, where he lived, anything like that. Right after we got married, I had a random girl from Georgia contact me on Facebook. And she was the ex-girlfriend of Bio Mom's new fiance. And they were living in Georgia. And she was able to provide us with an exact address, a job. We found out everything that we needed to know. And we immediately had her serve a motion to change the parenting time order. And my husband was requesting full custody with her to have supervised visits because she had taken him and run, basically. Right. You get a Facebook message Mm -hmm. from this random chick that says, here's all this information. Well, actually, she starts out and she's like, do you know Zach? And I'm like, yeah, I do. That's my husband. And she's like, okay, well, I know his ex. And I immediately responded, does she have the child? And then we divulged into conversation. So basically what had happened was bio mom moved to Georgia and destroyed this seven-year relationship. And the woman that was contacting me was the now ex-fiance of bio mom's oh. new fiance. Oh. So yeah, so she had a vindictive stab in her back, knife in her back, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And she was on a war path to destroy bio mom's life which worked out really nicely for us because we were obviously digging up dirt to endure this custody battle with her. Right. So we did this custody battle. It took two years of fighting in court and we actually ended up winning full custody because of some of the things that this girl had helped us become knowledgeable about. They were living in this girl's home, the bio mom and the new fiance So this girl still had keys to it and she was able to go into the home and it was, it was horrible. It was like walking into an episode of Hoarder. Um, It was a three bedroom home and there were 10 people living in it because it was bio mom, my stepson, her two other children. And then the guy had two children that he shared custody with plus an additional two children that he had psychological rights of that were from his ex-wife's previous marriage. It was a complete freaking disaster. I need a flow Um, chart. I know, right? It's so complicated. (laughs) And there's so many kids involved. I'm constantly like, wait, who are your parents? Like, who are your actual parents? Right. So we went to court. Bio mom did not have an attorney. She did not come prepared. She was for some reason under the impression that we were going to be arguing that she was a physically abusive mother. So all of her defense evidence was that she didn't physically abuse her child. And that wasn't 
what we were accusing her of. Right. So she lost horribly. The judge actually reversed the parenting plan effective immediately. And we had custody of the child at the time. So reverse custody, and she actually uh, restricted her parenting time for almost a year. And this is where I, I start to kind of feel bad for her. She had no idea what was going on. She said goodbye to her son, thinking that she was going to see him again in a month. And she didn't see him for 13 months. So okay. um, I got another question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when y'all moved mm-hmm. and she moved, mm-hmm. there was a court order then saying he had visitation, right? There was. But she just didn't let him get him. When she No, she did not. So she got the order to move. We received that in, I believe, January. No, I'm sorry. We received that in October. And then in January, because it was her year, we don't, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So that's not part of the court order. But they do alternate winter holiday. Uh-huh. So it was her year for winter holidays. So we didn't contact her again from October until January. And then in January, we were trying to, my husband was trying to arrange the spring break parenting time that should happen in March. And we didn't hear from her again. Okay. I'm curious too. Why don't you celebrate Thanksgiving? Um, It's kind of complicated. We live in Southwest Colorado and there's a really large native population here and it's, it's just not, it's not widely, it, yeah, it's just not widely celebrated. It's more of a sad holiday where we are. So Yeah, it's because, you know, those people came and stole everything from the Indians. Right, totally. And, like, those are, those are the people that, like, we spend our time with, the people that got their land stolen. So it's a, just a holiday that we choose not to celebrate out of respect for our neighbors, basically. I like that, though. I do. Yeah. And I mean, we still, I mean, obviously like no one's in school and stuff like that. So we still have like a meal and stuff like that, but we don't call it Thanksgiving. Um, We just explain to the kids that like, we're just having family time and being thankful for the people around us. But like I said, we don't, we don't talk about the Indians and the pilgrims and all of that. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back on track. Sorry. No, that's okay. So we were supposed to see him in December and they talk exclusively on talking parents, it's like an app, and she didn't respond. And since they only talk on talking parents, he didn't have an email address for her. He didn't have a phone number. She had tried to reach out to like her mom on Facebook and that was completely ignored. So we just had, we had no clue where she was. So there was really no way for us to exercise our parenting time or for him, for him to exercise his parenting time. Because there, you know, there was no way for even a court to like mail her something and be like, hey, you're not following the court order because nobody knew where she was. Right. The address that she had filed with the court as her home address was in Florida and it was her brother's address, but she did not reside at that residence and that's all that he would tell anyone. So, yeah, if I mean, if she hadn't like stolen this guy from this girl, we may have never found her, honestly. Right. I mean, it was, and we were just completely clueless. Like, you know, she, she just left. She said she was going to Florida and she didn't, and no one would talk to us. So we couldn't even hire like a private investigator because we had no clue where she had gone. You had your own little private investigator though. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then, so once we were able to find her, um, our attorney was able to reach out 
And then a few weeks later, she finally messaged my husband back on Talking Parents. So it's been almost a year at this point. And he he did have a Skype address because they do get talk time once or twice a week with the child when they're, they don't have custody. Mm-hmm. So he had called Skype, this Skype address, every single week on Sunday at the exact same time for almost a year. He had messaged her every single time that he did it. He had messaged her multiple times a week asking to talk to his son. Please let me speak to my boy. Please let me speak to our son. I really, really would just love five minutes. I'm going to cry. It's so sad. Just begging for any time with his child. So she pops back on and she sends a message and it says, hey, I'm so sorry I haven't responded. It's been so hectic moving across the country with three kids all by myself. Would you like to talk to our son tonight? And this is like a week before my husband's birthday. So he's like, yes, of course, absolutely. Whatever time works for you, this is the number you can call me at. This is my Skype address. I will be available. I will never forget this. I got home that night and my husband is sitting in a chair with his phone and he never called. (sighs) It broke my heart. It was so sad. I mean, this was like hours after he was supposed to call and he was just sitting there with the phone in his hand. So sad. And he doesn't know what to do. He Right. And he, I mean, there's, he's just so helpless. You know, we've obviously at this time filed with the court, like, hey, we've found her. We're moving forward with this motion to modify the parenting plan. And then that's what we filed it as. But there were a lot of legal loopholes that we jumped through um, that ended up like really benefiting us to the way that we filed and ending up winning custody um, because of like the law that we used. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we filed with the court. Um, We're telling them all of this. This is in April. So we don't see him until August. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I take that back. She shows up in May in Colorado and she messages my husband. We, we have not talked to her again since April. She is tried to schedule a few phone calls and she never ends up calling. So my husband just stopped. He's like, this is literally killing me. I can't get my hopes up to talk to my son again and just be completely let down. So communication is very minimal between the two of them. And she messages him in May and she says, Hey, I'll be in Colorado tomorrow. Do you want your son or not? So I ended up quitting my job. What? Because we did not have childcare. We live in, like I said, we live in Southwest Colorado. We live in a town of 500 people. Right. There's one daycare and the wait list is 18 months long. It's a very elderly community. So we couldn't find any childcare. And I was stepmom of the year. So I, my husband's job was more lucrative than mine. So I quit my job so that I could help him get his son for the summer. I still to this day, I'm very bitter at myself for making such a decision. But I did not nacho at the beginning. I, like I said, I worked in law and my husband was fighting a legal battle. So it was right at my alley. I was six feet deep, knees in 150% effort into this because Mm -hmm. it's what I do. And if I... And I have a very competitive personality. I don't like to lose, which makes me very good at what I do. 
So yeah, I ended up quitting my job. Bio mom brought him to us. He stayed for five days. I went back to my position for a bit. We were supposed to get him and she denied parenting time again. So our attorney filed for an emergency hearing and the judge told her that he was going to throw her in jail for contempt if she did not provide the child by a certain time on a certain day at a specified location. So she was ordered to pay for the entirety of his travel expenses. And she even tried to tell us, like, I can't afford this. And was like, cool, I'm going to have you arrested. Like, (laughs) I'm not playing with you anymore. Right. I'm done. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So she provides parenting time under the threat of contempt. So my stepson was here for a little over three months. He was three or four at the time. So not quite in pre-K yet. And we were supposed to have a hearing on the day that the parenting time ended. So theoretically, it was supposed to be we had this parenting time, we would go to court. After court, we were hoping that stepson would just stay with us. And they did a docket rotation and we lost our judge and they had to postpone the hearing for a month. So we got a new judge and they had to postpone the hearing so that he could get up to speed on his cases. And they postponed the hearing until the next year, until January. So we gave him back in October. I do not remember if we were able to see him for the holiday that year or not. Truly we were though, because the court situation was so heated um, Mm -hmm. and the judge was appalled. So when we got the new judge, it actually worked out in our favor. It was a judge that I had worked very, very closely with for many, many years on different legal situations. But he was somebody that I had always found to be very logical and very fair. Obviously, that's exactly what you're begging and praying for when you go into the family court system is that you want a fair and logical judge. Mm -hmm. I also knew that he had a family, which I think makes a difference. You're a parent up there versus a non-parent deciding the fate of these people's children. So we got a new judge. We had a new hearing. And then we ended up getting full custody. And it was the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. It was the most difficult, trauma-filled, sad, horrible situation that I have ever seen. Okay. So let's talk about that. You get custody and y'all fought for this custody. We did. We did. And I, I will talk about that in a little bit. I still have a lot of feelings about how all of this transpired, a lot of guilt, um, stuff like that. But so we get full custody. He comes for, I think, I don't remember. I don't remember how the exchange happened. But it was very traumatic the way that it happened. Bio mom, like I said, her parenting time was immediately restricted. So she, oh, it was summer. That's what happened. So it was supposed to be summer. We had just gotten custody of him. And we had this hearing. And bio mom lost custody. And they restricted her parenting time. Um, And... They restricted her physical parenting time, but not her telephone parenting time. So she still had bi-weekly Skype calls with him. Mm-hmm. And that is where everything went to shit. Um, it completely went to hell. 
So he moves in with us. We enroll him in the absolute best school in Denver. He is in sports. We pay for everything because BioMom has refused to pay child support on her own. And because she filed an appeal immediately following the hearing, we were unable to file an additional motion to get child support until the appeal was taken care of. That's just the way that the legal system works. Mm -hmm. So we were paying for everything and she's not allowed to see him. He's living here. He's doing great in school. He seems to be really happy. And then the phone calls start getting worse and worse and worse. And it's specified in the court order that the custodial parent is not allowed to eavesdrop on the non-custodial parent's phone calls. So basically, the court is saying that the parent on the phone is capable of parenting. And there's no reason for the other parent to even be in the room. Right. They need privacy. That way, if something's going on with the child, the child can say, hey, they're abusing me or whatever. Absolutely. Totally. Well, what it turned into was bio mom telling my stepson, basically everything that was happening here was wrong. Everything that his teachers were saying to him, if his teacher disciplined him, if he got detention, if he got grounded, if, you know, he, somebody talked to him, if he wasn't allowed to go see his friends, literally anything negative that happened to him, mm-hmm. bio mom would twist and make the other person's fault. So my stepson was never held accountable for any of his actions. And he has an exceptionally strong loyalty bind specifically to his mom. Mm -hmm. He would walk off of the face of the earth if she asked him to. I mean, anything that she wanted, he would do. Right. So this really heavily affected him. And he started acting out and he started misbehaving and it escalated and escalated and escalated. There was one point where he got sent home from school because a girl had taken his toy on the playground and he told the little girl that he was going to cut her mom's head off and feed it to her. (gasps) Yeah. That's a bit extreme. (laughs) I know. And like, we don't, I mean, I don't watch TV at all. We, We have Netflix. We don't have cable. We're a very outdoor family. So he didn't see that at our house. And then I also caught him a few times. We had a little Pomsky at the time. So it's a Pomeranian Husky. It's like a miniature Husky, basically. Mm -hmm. And I caught him a few times um, abusing the dog, uh, you know, ramming his like electric car into the dog while the dog's cornered, just all kinds of stuff, kicking the dog while the dog's in a corner. He ended up. In the principal's office every single day for two years. Oh, my goodness. Every single day he went to school, he went to the principal's office. He started out his days in the guidance counselor's office for, like, a little morning reset pet talk. We worked with therapists. I mean, we had him in therapy. We were paying for it exclusively. It was like $200 a week because insurance doesn't cover it. We did everything that we possibly could to thwart his attempts at bad behavior and to Mm -hmm. work with him and to show him that we know why you're doing this, but you've got to stop. And he wouldn't. 
and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, after two years, he was packing to go see his mom for the summer. And he asked his dad if he could stay there. And his dad said yes. And he did not discuss it with me beforehand. I probably, I mean, I definitely would have agreed to it if I had been asked. But yeah, it was very, it was very much like this. Everyone was just at their wits end. Um, So he is about to leave to go to his mom's for summer. And he asks this and my husband contacts bio mom and says, this is what's going on. You won't stop. I can't fight you for the rest of my life like this. Right. So if you will stop and stop being like this and be cordial and civil and co-parent with me, I will give him back to you. And she said, yes, obviously I can tell you now it was a total lie, but yeah. So, uh, he, and well, then they had this conversation and a few weeks later, the, um, results of her appeal had come back. So this was through COVID and all of this. So the appeal took substantially longer than it would in a normal situation, but we got the appeal back and the appeals court said that the reasons for switching custody were not specified and elaborated on enough by the first judge. And they wanted us to redo the entire hearing so that the final order would be more specific. And who's asking for this? This was the, so she filed an appeal to appeal. Uh, I gotcha. And the appeals court said, redo it. Right. It's not specific enough. Well, by that time, they had done another docket rotation. So we had (laughs) another new judge who had no idea what was going on, who had not been presiding over the case for the year before we went to trial to see how Biomom had fought us while she was under threat of contempt from the court. She's still withholding parenting time. So we decided we had to be done. We were $140,000 into the court situation at that point. And bio mom would not stop and just let her son live peacefully with us so we had to walk away and I still to this day have knocked in my stomach about walking away because I see this was a year ago in May that we relinquished custody and every time he comes back I am just like what did we do did we ruin his life Because she's a horrible person and she is a horrible parent and she doesn't care about him. And I mean, right now they live in a two bedroom trailer in the middle of the woods, 45 minutes away from school, from friends, from town, no neighbors. And he sleeps on a couch. He's eight and he sleeps on a couch in their living room. He doesn't have his own room or anything. No, and her other children are 17 and 19 years old. Wow. It's just, it's so sad. He desperately wants attention when he gets here and just someone to think that he's 
freaking interesting. Yeah. As a mom, it just breaks my heart. And we're stuck in this place of, you know, what do we do? We don't have the unlimited funds to fight her forever. And who wants to spend their next 12 years in court? Right. And she, I believe her when she says that she won't stop. Oh, yeah. She will never let him live here. That she will never let him go. And a part of me is like, as a mom, I would do the same thing. I would never let my child live with someone else full time and see them three months a year. I would never be able to do that. Right. I would also never do any of the other things that she's done, though. So that's true. Yeah, it's um, it's been incredibly difficult <laughs> to and well, and throughout the entire process, thankfully, I found you guys while when she started doing this and it got really severe because I couldn't have handled it. I, I couldn't have handled it. I have been, I mean, I finally had to step back and say, I, I'm not playing this game anymore with the two of you. Mm -hmm. You can fight it out till the death, but I'm not fighting over this during that time. I had, we had our ours baby and I just, I couldn't give it the 150% effort that I gave it when we were fighting for custody to begin with. So right. yeah, it's been really difficult to recover from. I think we're finally getting to the point where I can tolerate his presence again because he's not quite so vile. And it's difficult to feel that way because, and I have a very hard time. Um, I spend a lot of time and a lot of money in therapy trying to figure out how to separate him from his mother because he does everything that his mother says, even if he knows that it's wrong. Right. Because there's loyalty bonds. Right. Well, and then before, I, I forgot to mention this. This is a huge caveat in like our entire situation. Before we gave custody back during when things were so bad and so awful, she actually sent a talking parents message to my husband, explicitly threatening to use my stepson to hurt my daughter to get back at us for taking my stepson from her is what she said. Oh my goodness. Then we filed with the court, like, Hey, we're trying to be amicable and she's saying insane things. What do we do? And we had a new judge who wasn't here for the custody hearing. And he said, her response was, I didn't send the message. And he said, dad, it's on you to prove that she did. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So the judge told us that my husband needed to prove that she had sent this message that came from her talking parents app where she needed a username and a password to get into the app. And we were just, we were tapped out. We were spent. We could not fabricate any of our money. We couldn't borrow more. I mean, how are you going to prove that anyway? Well, we had to, our attorney told us that we would need to hire a metadata expert. Oh my so gosh. Yeah, I don't know if you followed the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, but they had a bunch of those. <laughs> and they charge like $500 an hour. Wow. I mean, we were looking at like $15,000 to prove that this lady had sent this message from her Talking Parents app so that somebody could do something about the fact that she was trying to use her son to hurt my child. Don't the judges a lot of times refer people to use Talking Parents? They were court ordered to use talking parents. 
which was what was so confusing about the entire thing. And I tell my husband, I wholeheartedly believe that if we had had the original judge for this situation, that he would have immediately reversed custody. We wouldn't have had to even ask for it and it would be done. Right. My stepson's here right now. Um, not at this second, but he's on a visit with us right now. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you how often you get him now. Uh, so we see him for spring break, about two months in the summer, and for every other winter break. Okay. So very little. He lives across the country. He lives on the East Coast. We live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So it takes a full day of travel just to get him here. Right. So my husband doesn't take like long weekends and stuff like that. because It's just, you know, he spends a day traveling a day here and then a day traveling to get back. It's, and it costs a thousand dollars. So it's just not really feasible to see him more often than that. Right. Does bio mom still have to pay for the travel? No, she is only required. The receiving parent pays for their travel. So when you receive custody, you pay for the travel to get the child to you. So like at the beginning of summer, we pay for his ticket here. And then she pays to receive him back. Wouldn't it be cheaper to do a round trip ticket and split? Oh, it? absolutely. Absolutely. We tried to do that when he lived here. And she, the first time she did it and she put him on a red eye, he was five at the time. And then my husband started doing it. And she, every single time would say, this is too expensive. You chose an expensive flight. You don't have to use the same airline every time. Just yeah. Everything she could say to make him wrong. So when they went back after my husband relinquished primary custody, he said, we'll just take care of our own travel. I'm not doing this with her anymore. Yeah. Because he, I mean, it was just every single time it was a fight. And he's like, I'm just trying to buy a plane ticket. Like, do you want the one at two or do you want the one at four? Right. And she's like, well, I want this airline on this day. And he's like, that's not even an option. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely hear a little parent. We only know things that happen in her home because my stepson may mention yeah. them. Mm-hmm. I do my best to not talk to him about his mom. <laughs> really hard for me. And I know like you can't tell a kid to not talk about one of their parents and stuff like that. But I can excuse myself from the room because. The stuff he tells us is just, it's all lies. I mean, down to like his birth story. She lied to him about his own birth story. And like my husband's parents and entire family, they were there when my stepson was born. Mm -hmm. So for her to tell my stepson one story and then my entire husband's family say something completely different. I'm just like, what? She tried to tell him that she was that they overdosed her on an epidural and she almost died during her C-section to have him. I don't, I don't mean to I, laugh. I don't mean to laugh. But no, I, just, but I mean, like, it, it is laughable because it's not true. Like, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I have, I have a really difficult time with, like I said, separating him from his mom because they are just, one in the same, basically two peas and a little messed up trauma filled pod. And I get that it's hard to separate the two. 
one of the yeah. things you can do is when you find yourself thinking, oh, little Johnny's just like evil Sue, mm-hmm. is stop yourself and remind yourself, number one, he's only doing what he sees. Right. Yeah. Number yeah. two, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's something I tell myself all the time. He is a child. Yes. Woman, he is a child. Yes. <laughs> Constantly telling myself that. Like, it's funny because I see a lot of times on Facebook groups, they'll say, but they're only a kid. Well, I get that in some instances, but kids can be ugly. Right. Well, and my thing is always like, when does he stop being just a kid and he starts being a mean person? Right. That's like, that's really the difficult thing for me because he's an influence to my child. Right. And I know that he's not parented over there. We've heard about seven different boyfriends just this trip. Oh, gosh. Active boyfriends that she has seen regularly at the same time. She is a busy lady. She is very busy. Yes. Very, very busy. Yeah. I mean, and it is just, so he goes to school and he's part of the like early drop-off program. So he gets there at like 7, 7.30. School starts at 8, 8.30. Then he goes to school all day. He gets out at 3. He takes the bus from school to the YMCA, and then he stays at the YMCA until 8. What? Yeah. And then she picks him up from the YMCA at 8 and takes him 45 minutes home, where he is home for the first time that day, where he has to do all of his schoolwork, take a shower, eat, play with his toys, have some relaxed time, and go to bed. If he's getting home at 8.45, what time do you think he's going to bed at eight years old? To get up at six and do it again the next day. I can't believe that the why keeps those kids that late. Oh, yeah, they do. I don't know what she's on, like, some kind of special program because she only pays, like, $15 a week for it. But, yeah, I um, I don't know. And, like... When is he eating dinner? Like, does she send dinner with him to the Y? I have so many questions. This is why I can't get involved because I'm just like, that's, and again, that's where I'm like, I feel so guilty because I know in my gut that if my husband had handed me the credit card and said, keep fighting, we would have won. And she would not have any custody and he would be able to live a normal, happy life and start healing from some of this trauma. And that's, like I said, that's really difficult for me. I'm sure it's so hard for my husband, but knowing that, like, I was a key player and I played a primary role in this custody battle and I could have kept doing it. I mean, I, like I said, I am competitive. I do not like to win. And that's what makes me really good at what I do. You said I do not like to win. I do. Oh, I do like to win. I'm sorry. I do not like to lose. (laughs) (laughs) I do like to win. I must win. I won't play a game if I don't know that I'm going to win it. You just won't play. Uh, Right, right. And I mean, I was very much like that in law too. Like I will take challenging cases and I will work them with you. But if I look at a case and I can't find the legal loophole to work it with, then I'm not going to take it. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time fighting a losing battle. Are you an only child? (laughs) I'm not, but I tell my mom all the time that I should have been. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love my sister so much, but I would have preferred to have her as a cousin. I think growing up, I, I mean, obviously, even as an adult struggle, having a sibling, I would have been a really good only child. <laughs> so how many siblings do you have? I have a sister and then I have an estranged half brother. He's like an Eskimo in Alaska and we don't talk to him because he lives so far away and he like doesn't have a cell phone. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've only I've met him on the internet one time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a very strange situation, but yeah. So I have my sister and like I said, I, uh, I love her dearly, but her and I have talked many, many times and we do both agree that we would have been better as cousins than as siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it just it is what it is. Well, I know you mentioned a minute ago that you are concerned about the influence that stepson can have on your daughter. Right. Well, and especially after bio mom, after bio mom explicitly threatened her and like, right. what, like, what are you going to do? Well, that was before she got him back though, right? Yeah, but she does still hold a lot of anger and resentment. We've heard this from my stepson that she is still very, very angry at us for taking away, I'm sorry, for stealing. That's what she called it, that we stole him from her. It cost you a lot of money to steal that young Yeah, I know. God, it's the most expensive theft of my entire life. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, so um, yeah, she, I mean, yeah, she's, he has told us that um, she still has like residual pains, like pains in her body from the trauma that she experienced fighting with us, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And that little boy is carrying that weight. Right. And that's, I tell my response to him is always, I'm so sorry that your mom put that on you. Yeah. And that's all I say to him because that's, it doesn't matter to me if it's true or not. It's not his burden to carry. And that's why I said she is the most dangerous woman in the entire world to me because I would die before I intentionally hurt my daughter. I would literally die before I did that. And she does it regularly. It's like a game to her. It's like fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, it like I'm shaking right now because I just I just can't fathom it as a mom to hate someone so much. That you would hurt your own child to hurt him. I just, I don't know. I don't know. And she doesn't understand that she's not, I mean, I'm sure that it hurts my husband's feelings sometimes, but she's really hurting her son. Right. And we see it way too often that the hatred toward the other bio parent outweighs Mm -hmm. the love for the child. And I just, I don't get it. I just, that's one of the things that, I see these these moms, these stepmoms and bio moms that are like, she's my best friend. And I'm like, I would literally not touch this woman with a 10-foot pole that somebody else was holding because she's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is that you're able, well, you are able to be at home when your daughter's home. So she's not left alone or, well, she's not left unattended with stepson, right? Right. Right. That does also lead to, I have a lot of anxiety leaving her while he's here. So I have a tendency to not do it. So like I don't, this, I don't blame this, you. Right. So, but then like this summer, he's been here for over two months and I haven't gotten more than 
a single shower by myself because I'm so paranoid about him being here. I can't leave her to get a break and to take care of me. So my self-care while he's here is going to therapy every other day. And it makes me really resentful sometimes too, where I'm just like, why are you guys not in therapy? You are the ones that need it. I am going to therapy to cope with your lack of therapy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are, you, are you working now? I work from home. Um, I work exclusively online. Okay. So I work while she's taking naps. She's mostly an only child, so she plays independently very well and stuff like that, which has been another issue this summer. So when my stepson moved out, I told my husband, if you bring him back here for parenting time, you need to be the parent. You need to take care of him. You need to find care for him during the day. I don't care that I'm home. I'm working. And I have a child already to take care of. I'm not going to take on his your responsibility for him while he's here. You need to handle it. Mm-hmm. This was a year ago. And he didn't do it. He didn't sign him up for the daycares. He put him in a day camp for two out of the seven and a half weeks that he's here. And we both work in the cannabis industry. So It's not like a normal office job where you can just take your kids to work with you. He's literally not allowed in the building. (laughs) That's all you need is your two-year-old and the stepson and they're munching on some edibles or something. Right. I'm just, so my husband has been taking him to work with him and he's sitting in the lobby unattended by himself for nine hours a day. And part of me is like, thank you so much for not just leaving him here and making me take care of him. But I'm also like, why is he here? Why did you bring him here to spend the entire summer sitting in your lobby or in your car when you could have arranged care for him or a camp where he could be doing stuff or he could have stayed with his mom and you could have gone up there and spent a whole week of quality time with him. Like, right. Yeah, why hasn't have, your husband maybe taken some vacation time? Well, and he did, but he doesn't, you know, he's here for seven and a half weeks. So he right. can't take the entire seven and a half weeks. He could only take, I think it was like a week that he took off and a few days here and there. But I'm just like, this is one of the problems we had when my stepson lived here. Is that I worked from home. I have always worked from home. I have owned my own company since 2016 and I have always done it myself from home and obviously like it's grown over the years and turned into a full-time versus a part-time kind of thing but I was very clear about this and when my stepson lived here I would often tell him like hey I'm giving you my two-week notice I can't I can't do this anymore I need you to find alternative care for him two weeks would go by and well I had a nanny arranged but it fell through Two more weeks. Well, I had a daycare arranged, but the spot got filled. It was always something that he would never let me give the responsibility back. Right. And um, this is something that you struggle with because if you're wanting to nacho and keep your hands out of it. Right. Right. But he's not do doing what you need right. him to do to step up. 
Right, exactly. And like, obviously, I can't just like leave the child by himself to teach my husband a lesson. Like, no, no. And, and, and you don't really want a nacho to teach your husband a lesson in the first place. Right. No, but you know what I mean? By yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to stay here. So I leave and that teaches him like, but that's I'm not going to do that. That's not. Yeah, that's you're right. That's not what, how I want to go about anything. Well, let me ask you this, because a lot of times we have to explain to people that not showing isn't always stepping back and not being involved. And when I say that, I'm going to use the towel analogy because everybody mm-hmm. has issues with towels, right? Oh, yeah. There's one folded improperly in my guest bathroom <laughs> right now. <laughs> a, a lady that I'd worked with had some beautiful white towels that they received as a wedding gift. Uh-huh. It never failed. The stepdaughter would use the towel, leave it laying on her bedroom floor or the bathroom floor. And it doesn't take long for towels to get that musty smell. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, 20 minutes and you're done. Right. (laughs) And so I was talking to her about it and she said, it drives me crazy to think about those nice white towels getting ruined. Right. And I told her, this is where you have to put the right emotional weight on things and weigh your options as far as stress. Does it stress you out more to go pick up those towels or to worry about them getting ruined? Right. And she said to worry about getting them ruined. I said, then go pick them up. Right. Well, and this is something that like I, I constantly am asking myself. So right now we're in the process of moving because our house is just too small. But right now, when he's not here, we pop up his bed. It's like, it's not on a frame thing. It's not a mattress on the floor either. It's kind of take place. But we pop up his bed, and it turns into like a children's couch, basically. Uh-huh. And we use his room as a playroom when my stepson's not here. Okay. And my desk is in the closet in there. It's like a big walk-in closet. And I've just turned it into like a little makeshift office. Right. So he's staying in there. It's my workspace. It's my daughter's play space for our normal routine. And I go in there and I rearrange the entire room the way that I like it every single day. And my husband's like, why are you doing this? Like, it was fine. It was picked up. Why are you moving all of these things just so you can work. And I said, because it will bother me more to sit here and stare at it, not the way that I want it, than it will for me to just pick it up and move on with my day with it looking the way that I want it to look. Right. And that's, like I said, something that I am constantly like, this is annoying, but is this more annoying? Right. Which is going to cause you the least amount of stress, period. Right. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. I know you're not showing. Okay. But unfortunately, your husband has proven that he is not responsible enough to make arrangements for his stepson to have care, except for two mm-hmm. of the weeks. Right. Why he's visiting y'all. Right. I don't know how many more weeks you have of stepson, but it's a little late in the game now. Yeah, it is for this summer. He leaves next week. Next summer, is it possible that it would be less stressful for you to make arrangements for that care yes. than for you yes. to worry about stepson sitting in the lobby for nine hours because that's crappy. I'm sorry. Well, and it's, I think it is too. And it's, it's our business that people are walking into. 
seen a child sitting in the lobby. He's a spitting image of my husband. So everyone knows who he belongs to. And I mean, like I said, we're cannabis. Like people don't want to walk into a cannabis shop and see a eight-year-old. Yep. <laughs> so not only is it not great for my mental health, Biomom is extremely upset. And mom to mom, I don't, I think that she's safe, but I don't blame her for being upset. That's exactly it. Is it's more stressful for me to try to let him worry about it a hundred percent than it would have been for me to just take his credit card and book it a year ago and not deal with it. Yeah. So that's what you need to do. Yeah, no. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what I will do next summer, but it's, you know, it still comes down to the frustration of like, and you know, I'm still in the process of like grieving the nuclear family that I thought that I would have. So I do come back to, if it was just the three of us, we wouldn't have to do any of this often. And I do have to like really quickly pull myself out of it. Obviously it's not a productive thought to have or conversation to have with myself. No, but it is important to grieve that. Right. Right. But in grieving that also try to find the positives. And sadly, one of the positives is you only see him a few times a year. Right. And that is, I mean, that because of, and what's so sad is that this would be a completely different situation if his mom was mentally sound. Right. But she's not. But she's not. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, I do a lot of like the, if one tiny little thing would change, everything would change, Mm -hmm. but nothing will change. (laughs) And I'm a control freak. I'm super competitive. So I feel like we're losing. My stepson is losing and I can't do anything about it. And it just, if I, if I sit in it too long, it will just eat me alive because it just, I don't know. It's such an unnatural situation to Well, here's the thing, too, is y'all could have gotten custody of stepson. Just say everything worked out and you did get custody. He could have easily resented you and dad for taking him from his mom. Well, and that was kind of the other thing, too, is that she was actively perpetrating this storyline of you were stolen from me. You were taken. Right. She, I mean, like I said, she says things like, you know, I suffer from these extreme body pains as a result of the trauma that I went through trying to get you back. She's in severe debt now. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. I get it. But at the same time, like, that's what you talk to your therapist about, not your eight-year-old. Yeah. And I mean, at the time he was five. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? How, and, he, and he doesn't even know what she's saying, you know? No. He has no idea. All he hears is my dad hurt my mom. Right. Well, and she also practices, uh, I don't know what it's actually called, but we call it fear-based parenting. We do not. We're very respectful and gentle parents. (laughs) I'm like the black sheep of my family for it. I'm so extreme with it. (laughs) But she's not. She would rather scare the ever-living shit out of all of her kids and make them tremble and cry in fear of her than sit down and develop a real relationship with any of them. And, you know, that could be how she was raised. It definitely is. Her mom actually 
I mean, again, this is like third, fourth party telling me this, but so I have been told by third or fourth party at this point that her mom kicked her dad out, moved across the country. You'll start to see some similarities. Didn't let bio mom talk to her dad and then married a new guy and forced bio mom to call the new guy dad. And she wasn't allowed to talk about her dad ever again. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, and then I didn't even mention the part about the older kid's dad. So she has these two older kids that we have psychological custody of. The oldest one was told that his dad is in prison and that he is a very dangerous person. Through the custody battle, I uncovered that this was absolutely false. He had never even been arrested. The second one... I am actually quite good friends with his would-be stepmom. So bio mom's ex-boyfriend's new wife. I'm quite okay. good friends with. And they were arrested when they started dating. They were set up by bio mom. Bio mom had tried to like hook up with this guy or something. She had been in his car. And she had supposedly left drugs in his car. And then called the police on him and his new girlfriend. And they were arrested for a felony. And that's how she took the second child. Wow. It's crazy. It's completely insane. But as we continue through this journey with her, I'm like, when I first started dating my husband, I was like, all of the people around him are insane. Like, none of these stories are true. They're so fabricated and exaggerated. and. Now, seven years in, I'm like, oh, my God, they were just trying to warn me. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't listen. I thought they were lying. Yeah, it's, um, I have, I just, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm from a tiny little town. There are 500 people here. I have never dealt with somebody that is vindictive and evil, like the supervillains are in the movies. And I'm here to tell you they're real. <laughs> they exist. And some of them may have married your husband before you got to, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, been, um, it's been really crazy. Well, I know this has not been easy on you at all. No. And I'm proud of you for trying your best to nacho. Thank you. <laughs> because I know that's not easy either. But go ahead and talk to your husband and say, next year when he comes for summer, I'm going to plan out what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what I'm going to do because this is. And you can leave off the part because you're a slack father and you let your son sit at the weed shop all day. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No. And I mean, yeah, I would never say those things to him, but like, I'm sure that his ex has, you well, know. No, I wonder, <laughs> he obviously either doesn't see anything wrong with it or doesn't care enough that the kid's sitting there all day. Well, and so that's kind of where I'm really torn. My husband is a very different dad to our daughter than he is to his son. Of course, because he doesn't have guilty parent syndrome with your daughter. Right. Well, and he is just like on top of it. I mean, girlfriend could like fall over on the couch and he's like, oh my God, should we go to the doctor? Do you think she's okay? I'm like, yeah, she fell on a pillow. I think she's going to be fine. And with his son... As I've said, it's very different. He's very more nonchalant about it. And well, it could be guilty parent syndrome, and it could also be that she's a girl. Well, and that's, I wonder that too. 
but yeah, as a mom, I'm just like, I wouldn't want that for my daughter. I would rather her, you know, if, if so here's the thing, if he had stayed with bio mom, he would have been shipped to Florida to stay with his uncle who has a beach house, who has no kids, who has no wife. He has a boat. He has that mud trucks. They live in like the swamp of Florida. And they have those like 25 foot tall trucks that are on like seven foot tall tires. All kinds of stuff. Right up my steps and alley. He would have had an absolute blast of a summer going to stay with his uncle. Mm -hmm. And my husband could have gone to see him, taken a week off here, taken a week off there, gone and gotten a hotel room with him. You know? Right. That, that was really my point is like, he would have spent more quality time with him doing that, even though it's less time cumulatively right? than what he's doing now. And everybody could have had a good time. I would be so much less stressed. Yes. <laughs> oh, I completely agree with you. That would have been a better option. No, that's, and that's what he says he's going to do for like future summer visits, because it's just, we're just not set up to have an older child come stay with us for such a long time. It's not like we live in Denver where there's a daycare on every corner. I mean, like I said, there's literally one in town, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just one. That's it. There aren't even any, like, you know, the lady down the street keeps kids at her house. There's nothing like that, at least that we know of. So it's just, it's just not plausible for us. And I take it y'all don't have a YMCA that you could drop him off at eight o'clock in the morning and let him stay till eight o'clock at night. I'm kidding. Well, Well, so we do, we actually, we, we live very close to a ski resort and during the summer they do downhill biking, like mountain biking. Um, Mm -hmm. and they do camp, they have an Alpine slide, which is like this cool slide that you get on and you can like control the speed of it yourself. Right. All kinds of stuff. And they offer camps there. The problem is you would have had to put them in the camp last year when he left here, when I told him about it. Mm-hmm. to get him a spot in it because we're a tourist town. So there are people from literally all over the country bringing their kids to this day camp. So the locals have to get in earlier. They don't get it. Right. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I've tried to talk to him about it a few times. And he just told me, well, my mom was handling it. She said she had everything taken care of. She was helping me. And she said that it was done. And I'm like, okay, but you, like, she sent you the email. You didn't, like, notice that the dates were only for two weeks. You didn't notice it was only for 10 days. Like, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, he's very much, like, the worker in our relationship. Mm -hmm. He loves to work hard. He loves to do little tasks that bring me joy. Like, he loves to mow the yard because I love that he mows the yard and stuff like that. He's very much the the physical worker where I am the mental worker. I do better on paper. I do better with lists, keeping organized, all of that stuff. But it's really difficult for me because I tell him all the time, like, I'm your partner in life, but your partner in raising this child is not me. Right. You did not choose me to be your partner in that. And that's fine. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can regret that now. I'm not holding it against you. Right. But it doesn't change the fact that you already made this choice. And when you chose to have a child with her, 
which is another source of contention because it wasn't actually a choice. She wanted to get pregnant. He did not want any more kids because they already had her two. And she came up to him two weeks later and said, well, I'm pregnant. So tough get in line. Yeah. So that's another source of contention where he's like, well, I didn't choose her. Well, you didn't not choose her. You were still sleeping with her. So. Right. And I'm, with all due respect, if you have sex with somebody, there is a probability they can get right. pregnant. Right. Absolutely. I have lived my whole life by that mantra. I, I, all of my friends in high school got pregnant. There was a group of like 10 girls and literally all of them, except for me and one other girl got pregnant at the same time. And I looked at my friend, her name was Kelsey. And I said, Kelsey, I'm not having sex anymore. I'm done. I will wait until I'm in college. <laughs> I am more responsible because I'm not doing this crazy shit that these girls are doing. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I very much lived my life by that mantra. And I unfortunately have very little sympathy for him when he's like, I didn't choose this. And I'm like, yes, you did. You, did. you know, like you chose you to have sex, right? You did. You chose to marry her. You chose to carry her and her weight and her baggage for almost 10 years. I mean, yeah, they were together for like eight years total. It's like dating and marriage and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I, I often am like, did he have a midlife crisis before he met me? And that's why he's so different. Like I can't. Well, here's the thing. We all have a past. We can't change that. And you can sit there all day long and wonder how great life would be if it was just you and him and your daughter. Right. But you're wasting your life wishing for things that aren't going to happen. And by letting your mind go that way, you're also distracting from the present, which is spending time with your daughter now. Right. Well, and so that was actually, that's been another, you know, issue of contention. Because like I said, I do work exclusively from home. I own the company. So I am genuinely the boss. I tell everyone else what to do. So if I wanted to, I could say, hey, I'm taking seven and a half weeks off. I'll see you guys in August. Mm -hmm. And I could do that. But one, I don't want to. And two, I would still not be spending that time with my child. I would be splitting my attention between my child and my stepson, who is fine, but if I have a choice, don't really want to hang out with him. Right. So, and my husband, he's just, he wants, you know, the same thing that everybody wants. He wants a normal nuclear family where he doesn't have to share custody and we don't have to talk about his ex-wife around the dinner table. And you know, when his son's here, he's on edge and paranoid because of what bio mom has said, because of what his son's done in the past. He wants to be conscious of my feelings. And it's just to the point now where I'm like, it's so tumultuous. Like, what is the point of even bringing him here? You know, like I took him shopping the other day and I sat him down and I said, listen, I'm not asking you to lie to your mom. I would never ask you to do that. But I am asking you, maybe don't mention that I bought you these clothes. Maybe just mention that they were bought while you were here. Because anytime I do anything for him, she starts being crazy again. And with the, he doesn't need to be alone with with her. 
she is not a responsible adult. She's just a child because my husband's like eight years older than me and bio mom's even older than him. So she is like 11 years older than me. And yeah, she's always, I'm an expert parent of three and she only has a baby. She has no idea what she's doing. And it just makes it more difficult for my stepson where he and I can't enjoy having any kind of relationship together because he promised those threats. Well, if he says, oh, I just got these while I was there. Well, then, uh, then who's she, she going to think about them? She will assume, hopefully, that his dad bought them if he doesn't explicitly say it with me. Because it was just me and him that went shopping, is what I mean. Right. And, like, his mom doesn't know that. She doesn't like that we spend time together. She doesn't want me taking care of him. She doesn't want me parenting him. And, I mean, that's, in my opinion, that that's really fine. That's her right as his mom. You know, she doesn't like the way that I parent. I don't like the way that she parents. I wouldn't want her parenting my child either. So right. I do try to respect that. I do try to respect her insecurity. I'm sure that that's really difficult as a mom to feel like your kids like somebody more than you. Well, and I, I understand what you were trying to do by telling him, hey, you might not want to mention that I got you and I went shopping and got these. Right. But be careful with that because it it goes into the whole what happens at our house stays at our house or even if he's not telling a lie, he's still withholding the truth. Right. And my mom used to always say omission is the same as mine. Right. So what you could have said was you and I came and picked out these clothes, but your dad's buying them. Right. Well, and that's, that's exactly what I should have done is just like been clear that like we're picking these out, but I'm not buying them even though I am. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 hard. And I get it. Constantly worrying about like what you're saying. And like, I have to worry about it from like an adult perspective and keep my home safe, but also from a mom perspective, because I want to respect her place. Basically. Mm -hmm. I just, even though we're very different moms, like I do believe that she still parents to the best of her ability. She does the best that she knows how to do. Right. Which I think is very evident when you hear the situation with her family and how her dad was treated. Um, it's very clear to me why she treats her children's dads the way that she does. And again, like I, like I said, I am, I'm very competitive. And I would feel the same way about my child if I was in her shoes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just, I try to be really empathetic of that. But at the same time, it's really difficult to empathize with somebody that, like, you would rather just not exist. Right. So. But be careful not to put too much focus on her. Well, and that's, I mean, again, that comes back to, like, I struggle with separating my stepson from her. Yeah. Because she is. The more you do it, though, the more you say to yourself, either out loud or internally, he is his own person. Right. Yes, he has these outside influences, but he's going to have outside influences every day. Heck, he's not even influenced by her as much as he's at the why. Right. I mean, that's honestly, that's really true. And that's something else that I like really take comfort in is that. As sad as his situation is at her home, 
it would be worse if she was a stay-at-home homeschool mom like she wanted to be. That's that's what she tried to do when my husband divorced her. She quit her job and enrolled all of the kids in homeschool. And she thought that my husband was going to pay for her to stay home. We were dating by the time this happened. Mm -hmm. She thought my husband was going to pay her a teacher's salary to stay home and homeschool these kids. What? Yeah. Yeah. And oh God, when COVID happened, our schools shut down before hers did. And that's all she kept saying is, well, he needs to come down here so that he can either go to a real school or be homeschooled by someone qualified. Excuse me. I taught first to fifth grade in Texas for five years. I am absolutely qualified to homeschool, first of all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Girlfriend doesn't even have a GED, let alone a high school diploma. I mean, it was just, it was completely absurd, but yeah, I mean, that's, I am very thankful that he spends less time with her than normal, regular, average parents spend with their kids. Right. And just remind yourself that, like you said, he is a child. His his brain is not even a third developed at this point. That's really where the, her, her, her message that nobody did anything about that's really where that comes into play for me because he is a child mm-hmm. and he doesn't understand why he can't stay home with me and lose with me and my daughter. He doesn't understand why I won't babysit him. And he doesn't, you know, he, he sees that things are different and no one can tell him why. And that's something that's especially difficult for me because I definitely can see and I've talked to him about it, but again, I can't give him the real reason. So it kind of seems like fluff where he feels sad and feels left out. Okay. Well, what is the real reason? That I won't watch him. Right. It's just, it's too much for me. It's entirely too much for me. I, I just can't do it. Right. I can't, I can't work full time and take care of her and homeschool. <laughs> and I mean, cause we did, we just started like little bits of homeschool this summer. She does a few hours of learning in the morning where it's just a little more structured than the rest of our day. I just can't do all of it. I just can't. Right. And he's not nice to me. He's not, he has been this trip, but in previous visits and when he lived here, he wasn't kind to me. He wasn't respectful to me. He would intentionally do things to upset me because it made his mom happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And this all goes back to, I have a severe distrust for him because of what his mom has threatened. Right. Because he literally spent two years treating us and his school like because his mom told him to. Right. But you can, or your husband can tell him the reason he can't stay with you is because you work from home and you're having to take care of your daughter, and you just can't have anything else extra on your plate. So the reason that he has avoided saying that directly is because he doesn't want to cause further resentment between the two children because my daughter lives a very different life than he does. And he is getting to the age where he sees that and he sees opportunities and even just Even the difference in the toys that she has versus the toys he had when he was her age, he sees that. 
Um, and my husband and I too feel like if we put it on, it's just too much that he will start resenting her because it wasn't too much before she was here. Right. Which it was. He just didn't know that. Right. And, and that makes sense. I, I get that. Right. But so, if, he, if he's questioning why he can't stay there with you, it could be that he thinks that, number one, he's a bad kid. Right. Number two, you don't like him. Well, and that's and that's what he said. He actually told my husband, like, I don't, I thought things were getting better because he knows that I had a real issue with him and his behavior when he lived here, that he acted very inappropriately and very vulgar and vile towards other humans. And that's just, that's not how you treat people. You're kind, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he knows that I'm really big on that. So he knew that there was turmoil in our relationship and that I was keeping my distance from him because of the way that he was acting. So yeah, it definitely came down to he's asking, why can't I stay here? What did I do wrong? I've been so good this trip. And I finally sat down and told him, like, you know that there are things that happen that we can't talk to you about. And you know that this situation is tumultuous and it's hard. And the adults have a lot of really big feelings and they have a hard time controlling them. And some things have happened and it's just not a good idea for you and me. My husband's telling him this, but like you and your stepmom to be alone together without me there. I need to be there. I need to make sure that everything's okay mm-hmm. so that when other people get upset, I can step in and say, no, I was there and that's not what happened. So that was <laughs> my therapist helped me come up with it because I was very much at a loss of, you know, what do I say? What, how do I tell him that his mom threatened me? You know, I obviously I can't say that he's eight. He's going to be like, lady, you're crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is definitely like the the biggest issue is that he's just a kid yeah. and he just wants to have fun with his little sister and his stepmom, who he really wants to like a lot. And his mom won't let him. His mom doesn't allow it. His mom gets upset when she hears that we've done nice things together, that we've done fun things together. We took him to Disney one year for his birthday. And she, I guess for the first few days thought that it was just, dad and stepson and when she found out I was there she made him cry every single morning before we left the hotel because she that's how their court order is written that you have to return phone calls in 24 hours so it ended up that he was calling her every single day yeah I just I I definitely feel like a lot of the time that it's really best for everyone involved if I just kind of take a quiet exit while he visits um, and do my own thing because it's just so hard for everybody otherwise. Well, and two, if next summer, if there are activities for him to do, he will have a lot more fun. Right. And less talk about me and what we've done and more talk about his friends mm-hmm. and him and yep. all of that. So, well, yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I would like to have you back on in a couple of years to see how things are going. 
I would love that because yeah, it's definitely changed substantially. I love the saying, you knew what you were getting into because my husband was actually not allowed to see his child (laughs) when I married him. Mm -hmm. And then I was a full-time stepmom a few years later. So I can tell you (laughs) with proof, total BS. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. We never know what we're getting into. No, absolutely not. So. Well, thank you again and stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, David, you remember, I think it was last year that we learned what burr months were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, was that, like the months that is cold? And everybody's like, burr? <laughs> Wasn't it Kay that told us that? Yeah, I believe it was. Kay's our daughter-in-law. Yep. Notice I didn't say stepdaughter-in-law because she's mine, too. <laughs> she's as much mine as she is yours, David. Not really. But okay. Yes, huh? Really? <laughs> really? I love her. <laughs> I want to adopt her. You can. Oh, that would be weird. If I adopted Kay, then her and Avery would be married step-siblings. Oh, Lord. That's like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the name of the song? I'm my own grandpa. Yep, y'all look it up. It's hilarious. <laughs> YouTube, I am my own grandpa. <laughs> Ray Stevens. <laughs> Ray Stevens has a lot of funny songs. Anyway, <laughs> I like summer when it's not hotter than sin. I love summer. But I'm looking forward to the hot chocolate and the vegetable soup and the white bean chicken chili. Everything you mentioned is food. Imagine that. Have you seen these cheeks? <laughs> I'm I'm a summer person. I, I like it. I like the summer. I like it hot. I don't like the cold. I mean, I like spring and, and fall. Well, that's the burr month is fall. I, I know, but it's like, I don't like winter. Like, I, I don't like winter at all. Detest it. I can't stand snow. You know, I just, uh, the, the whole thing, being cloudy a lot and getting dark at six o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like any of it. Poor baby. Yeah. Poor me for sure. Poor me for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to Halloween this year. Maybe Gideon will get to dress up as a pumpkin. Well, I'm going to take my zombie Jeep out. See <laughs> if I can collect some zombies. <laughs> All right, folks, do not forget about the Step Family Summit. Where do we find more information? You find more information, thank you for asking, David, at www.nachokids.com slash the Step Family Summit. Could you make it any longer? What you want me to put? <laughs> <laughs> all right all right we won't forget about it in fact see, see y'all david ain't never happy that's not true what you want me to put i'm happy in the summertime <laughs> you want me to put nachokids.com slash tsfs yeah there you go no you have to be more efficient you see this face yeah it's not efficient david <laughs> okay So do not forget 
to check out the third annual Step Family Summit with Claudette Chenevere. Yeah, and we're on there too. Yes, we are. Along with a bunch of other people. It's free, y'all. Free. F R E. So for those of you out there that can't afford, because we hear from you sometimes, I'd love to be able to help my blend, but I just can't do it. Don't have. All right. Just no more excuses. It's the four letter F word. Get it. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost forgot, folks. I wrote a mini book. I don't know how to describe this to you, but it is a mini book. It's a small book. It's a small book. It's only, I don't know, 36 pages, something like that. But it is 10 Nacho Quick Tips. It's like a track. Remember back in the day, people would hand out tracks. Okay. Whatever you want to call them. (laughs) They're about the size of an index card, and they're not very long. But if you want to be entered to win one of these for free, just go to nachokids.com slash mini book. M-I-N-I. That is M-I-N-I-B-O-O-K. And y'all, she hand writes the envelopes, puts the physical little mini book in there and <laughs> sends it to you. It's so precious. Oh my gosh. All right, David's off the chain apparently. He <laughs> ate too much ice cream. <laughs> That's what he likes about summer. Tell the truth. That's part of it. Uh-huh. I like that. I like the fact that you're in a bikini. Okay, folks, it's been great <laughs> talking to y'all today. We look forward to seeing y'all next time. Need help? Join the Academy. David, say goodbye. Life is good. When you nacho. In a bikini. David. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.